0: lot to rabies I'm getting down to the sum of this some of that the sum of everything come, come yeah so yeah, yeah. oh, so oh, oh, oh. all right welcome to come get some this is Chris C Miami 6 man on your twitter feed Tonight's a very special live Come Get Some because of my guest I have tonight. I want to tell you, when I was a young boy, I enjoyed watching Doug Henning on TV, and I was marveled by David Copperfield. And I could believe that a mortal man, just a few select mortal men, had the ability to do the impossible, have tapped into something no one else could. Then I grew older and became cynical and started focusing on the need for a suspension of disbelief. I didn't believe in magic anymore. Until this past year, when I became aware of tonight's guest, through watching his work and through actually some personal interactions, I have learned and I'm reminded every day that all things are possible, and I believe in magic again. Tonight's guest is one-fifth of the hosts of the live internet radio show DeadX Radio. He was named the two thousand fifteen mentalist of the year and he's just an all around great guy. Welcome to the show, Morgan Strubler. Hey Morgan.
1: Hey buddy, what's going on? How you doing?
0: Not not bad, not bad. I'm so glad to have you. I was so excited to get you on and I know you're in a live environment every week. I want to do you proud and bring you onto a live show for my first live show. And I'm really looking forward to this your first live show my first live show with a guest.
1: Oh, wow. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. No pressure. Hopefully I don't suck.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you won't suck. You're awesome, man. I mentioned at the top of the show, I think it's important to get this out here. I mentioned that you were the 2015 Mentalist of the Year, which is a, a title that was shared, if I'm not mistaken, with names like Siegfried and Roy, David Copperfield, Chris Angel. Can you get into a little bit what that award signifies and what it means to you a little more personally?
1: Uh, yeah, essentially, the I won the Merlin Award for... This is my fourth Merlin, but uh, it's also my biggest. It's Mentalist of the Year. And I uh, it's it's equivalent to, like, what the Tonys are to theater and, you know, what a Grammy is to music and what the Oscar is to acting. And, you know, it's, it's our biggest award in magic. And I, I got honored with it last year, last November. And it's the biggest. It's kind of like you know it was one of the pinnacle awards that you could receive. So I was extremely, extremely flattered when I found out I won it amongst my peers.
0: So mm, that's amazing. And I said it before. I say it in jest, but it's true. It's not something they just give to any magician. You have to really have have shown an ability and really made some accomplishments in your field. Well, well they, they, they actually, actually
1: pick a number of us, and then it gets voted on on who wins kind of like the Academy or whatever. And, I mean, I've been doing mentalism for, I would say mentalism for probably about 10 years. So, I mean, and this is, I, I mean, it's it's a true honor to actually get it. I started off with the big illusions and stuff like copperfield and Henning and like you had mentioned earlier in your intro. And I, uh, the market actually got bad in Vegas and they couldn't afford to pay for the big shows anymore so what I did was is I scaled it down and I, I became a mentalist and basically I can carry a two and a half hour show and literally I carry on on a plane so I mean it's it's it takes 15 minutes to set up and I can carry it and if I lose something I can pick it up at like a I don't know a home depot like not home depot but like a an office max or something <laughs> like that so I mean it's pretty quick
0: well, it's but, amazing. You call it scaling down, but it's really, you do your most amazing work as a mentalist.
1: Yeah. I mean, mentalism is really hot right now. It's one of the big things that uh, people are really getting into. And in my show, I blend psychology, hypnosis, suggestion, and misdirection to create the illusion of a sixth sense that allows me to get inside your mind. And it, it's a lot more believable mentalism is, is than regular magic because you're playing off of – Uh, things that people believe might actually be real, like psychokinesis or, you know, telepathy or mind reading stuff like that. And, you know, it's a very intellectual show, but, I mean, people really, really enjoy it. And I think it's kind of the wave of what,
0: you know, the future right now on magic and mentalism. So, yeah, with that Sixth Sense Act that you do, you've made so many people cry. Who would you say makes more people cry, you or Barbara Walters?
1: I would say probably. Well, I don't know. Barbara Walters
0: does make a lot of people cry. He does. He really does. Uh, So so this is actually, you know, you've been doing mentalism itself for 10 years, but you've been doing magic since you were a child. Is that right? Uh, I started around eight years old.
1: Yeah. I seen my first show uh, with my mother. She took me to see Harry Blackstone Jr. at the college uh, arena where I'm from. And then she bought me his magic kit, and then I went home. And ironically enough, he, uh, he passed away, but his wife, who was an assistant in the show when I seen him when I was eight, I become really, really good friends with her. And she produces a lot of the magic shows on TV today, and I'm in all the magic shows that she produces as well as the live tours. So,
0: I mean, it's kind of oh, weird wow. to get to
1: work with her, I mean, in the capacity that I do because she's such an icon herself. So was Harry
0: Blackstone like your main inspiration, your first inspiration?
1: Uh, well, you know, Harry Harry Blackstone Jr. was the first live show that I see. My first main inspiration, and still my inspiration, and in all of you know, magic or illusion today is David Copperfield. I, I wow. think he's probably hands down the best that's ever lived, and I don't see many people like be thrown in camp in the next couple hundred years. So he
0: he he is a, a historical figure in magic, I, I believe. Absolutely, you got into a little bit how you just you scaled it down, but but your first illusion was making a car appear. Am I getting that right? Nah, uh, that was my first
1: big illusion. I did that when I was like sixteen or seventeen
0: uh and then when I was
1: eighteen, I was the first person or seventeen or eighteen, I was the first person to catch a bullet with my teeth i I had a, yeah. I had a <laughs> uh...
0: Hello, yeah, yeah, I'm here. Oh, I think we lost the audience. How do you get into catching bullets with your teeth?
1: Well, I was always fascinated by it. And shang Ling Su was one of my favorite magicians uh, or illusionists in, in history. And he actually died performing the illusion on stage. 13 people died during the bullet catch. Wow. And when I was 17... I started working on the routine when I was 16. I performed it first time when I was 17 or 18. I did it uh, in a way that nobody else had ever done it, though, which was kind of cool. I had the media uh, come in to a gun range slash gun shop, and I let them pick the gun out of the case, the display case, any gun they wanted, and I let an officer that shot the gun pick the bullets off of the shelf, and then he picked a bullet wow. and signed the casing, and the press signed the tips <laughs> with their initials, and then I took about 25 yards down range at the firing range, and he fired it, and I caught it with my teeth and never touched the gun or the bullet.
0: Wow. Do you still do that, or is that just sort of a, a one-time thing? Or
1: No. Actually, I did it for years of my show, uh, and then... After 9/11 and all the gun, well, not so much 9/11, but uh, once the school shootings, uh, yeah, got more and more. Uh, I didn't feel it was appropriate to do that kind of material in front of the audience, especially when there's young people that can be influenced by stuff like that. So I wow. I changed the routine up, and I started performing with uh, uh, still the bullet catch, but I, I did a more. Mainstream version of it that wasn't as violent with a paintball, and it still got the same reaction. But
0: are I you mean, catching paintballs?
1: Uh, yeah, I catch a paintball with my teeth, <laughs> and I quit doing it with a three fifty seven Magnum. Wow, the
0: paintballs—they can be harder, can't they? I mean, they, this could explode.
1: Uh, they've exploded in my mouth on numerous occasions. They actually taste horrendous, so I don't <laughs> recommend it. <laughs> oh,
0: wow. That's crazy, man. And you, talk about you, you scaled down your show to mentalism, and this is the thing I wanted to bring up. You actually talked about it a little bit is when I see a magician, like if I see a street performer, they do street performances, and they perfect their art, and they make it their own like you made your bullet catch original. They make their, their street act original, make it theirs, and that's what they rest their laurels on. But you weren't. You've done street performance, but you've also done stage illusions. You've caught bullets in your teeth, paintballs in your teeth. You do uh, code reading. You do. You do everything. Is this something that you is a conscious effort, or you just is this a natural progression for you that you just want to learn everything you can and be the best you can at every part of, of this? Pretty type much. Of feeling. I
1: wanted to learn every aspect of the art. <clears throat> illusions is my first love. I mean, I started doing illusions when I was about seventeen. And I had a comedy show for a while too. Before I went into mentalism, I was playing around with the comedy magic. And it went over really well, but it wasn't what I was really going or wanting to go for. And I mean, I think the biggest thing I made vanish was the MGM Grand of Las Vegas. I made that vanish. I also vanished uh, uh, a power plant. (laughs)
0: <laughs> cool, but
1: uh, I mean, I'm I'm very well-rounded at magic. I do manipulation. I do close-up. I do mentalism.
0: I mean, I'm a
1: constant, you know, student of the art, and I I constantly am reading something and learning something new. And the difference between me and a lot of people is, I actually create
0: most of my own material
1: that I perform.
0: Yeah, no. You're, I will say most of everything I see you do. Like I'll see you pull out a deck of cards and I'll go, "Oh, Morgan's a a card trick." No, it's not a card trick I've ever seen before. You, and you're you're incorporating media. You're using cell phones and, and everything else. You you do have an original act. Uh, every part of your act is an original act and something I've never seen before. Uh, but At some point, go ahead. I'm sorry. You gonna say something?
1: No, no. I was just I was listening. Yeah.
0: Yeah, well, at some point, you started being asked by celebrities uh, to perform at parties. Is that right?
1: Well, my what what actually catapulted my career in Vegas
0: and, and launched me as a as a credible
1: act was uh, I think it was probably 2003, and I got invited to perform at Michael Jackson's Neverland Ranch, and there was a couple of thousand celebrities there and. I, I performed for his dad's birthday party, and I did magic as his dad at the cake. I also did walk-around magic as I, uh, the, for the celebrities at the event, and I made a lot of contacts there, and I went from the biggest pop star in the world to the most infamous person in the world. I, my next gig right out of the gate was uh, the Colombian drug lord, Escobar, that the movie Blows Based After.
0: Oh, you're serious? Yeah. Did you know? Did you know that it was that kind of environment?
1: Uh Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was aware of it. I mean, the DEA pretty much briefed me on uh, – they were outside and everything, and they pretty much said that if I left with him or had any communication with him, that I would go to jail. So, I
0: mean, they would arrest wow. me. Wow. So for you, it was just a job. I don't care who you are. I'm going to perform for you and get my paycheck and do my best.
1: Yeah, and then I ended up, from there, I ended up performing for over 200 celebrities. Two, I mean, I, I would say in total, I've done private parties or, you know, celebrity types. Except for, I mean, Michael Jackson, there was a couple thousand there. But, I mean, as for one-on-one celebrity performances or private events, I've probably done two to 300 A-listers.
0: Wow. What was was the most surreal, was it Neverland Ranch, the most surreal celebrity performance that you you ended up doing?
1: You know, Neverland Ranch was really surreal, actually. It was really, really cool. Uh, Obviously, I'm sure a lot of people don't get a chance to, you know, get to see it. I mean, nobody can see it now. So, I mean, it was really cool to get to go there. And the experience was priceless. And my wife actually went with me to that. So, I mean, we had a lot of fun. And then uh, I, I would say... Probably one of the coolest experiences was uh, when I performed for Tom Hanks and his family. I performed for his whole family, and I I went up and I was talking to his son Colin, who I actually didn't even recognize. He's an actor himself, and he's right. very good in his own right. But I didn't recognize Colin, and he was with his girlfriend, and you know he was like, you know. I was performing for him, and he was like, dude, you're amazing. He was like, I'd love for my father to see you. He's going to be here in a minute. And I was like, yeah, sure. Whenever your dad gets here, just holler at me. <laughs> and then, like, he waved at me, and I was like, holy shit, it's Tom Hanks. <laughs> and his wife, oh, Rita, man. was there. And they were so great, because I gave, you know, Rita wanted a business card, his wife, and I gave her a business card, and she lost it. She actually came back the next night to get another business card, because she lost it. Oh
0: wow, that's cool! But, I, 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 I love mean, they that. were they totally amazing.
1: Cool
0: yeah. Well, you talked about your wife. Does your, your wife works with you on your on your setting up your routines and getting things together? Is that right?
1: Well, my wife works with me uh, in the early part of my career when I was an illusionist. Uh, mm-hmm. The show then was called Morgan and Michaela, and she worked with me for years uh, when I was doing the illusion thing. And now my show is pretty much a one-man show, so I don't really need, like, any assistance or anything. And she can't really go on tour with me anymore because, you know, we have a, you know, a young son in school, and, I mean, and we also take care of my brother-in-law. So she doesn't get to travel with me much anymore. She did go on tour with me when I went to Australia, New Zealand, and Fiji in January and February, and we set aside an extra couple weeks after my shows, and, you know, we... Just went out on vacation and you know had a great time. I mean, it was wonderful, and it was the first time she had been on the road man, since I think Asia. Oh, she must have been real happy with that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a blast. It was absolutely amazing. I mean, and it was my first time to New Zealand, which was really cool. And I mean, the sellout theaters. You know, on the other side of the planet. I mean, it's really surreal that people you know know who you are and actually want to come to your show when you're right. you know you know that far away and it sells out. I mean, it was truly a humbling experience, and and audiences were great there. Very, very, very good audiences.
0: And that's not your first time, right? You you performed around the world. Is that is that, is that I've been around the world multiple times, actually.
1: I performed in uh, over forty-six countries, I think, in front of uh, millions of people alive. I've been—I've been, I've been on—I uh, performed on uh, five continents and in uh, front of millions and millions of people. I've been on TV in over a hundred and seven countries. Wow!
0: Were there any experiences you can talk of where you just wish you didn't go there?
1: <laughs> Is there any what
0: experiences you can speak of where you just really wish you didn't go, or like places <laughs> you're you were a little worried to be at or you around know the country, I, around the I world?
1: It, here's the thing. I mean, I had a hell of a time in Fiji, actually, just not too long ago. Uh, it was ironic. I, I mean, for some reason, I travel all over the world with my show and always carry it on because I don't want to take a chance of them losing my show. And right. they thought I had a bomb. Because some of, I mean, I would carry the most <laughs> random shit you've ever seen in your life. And when I when I went in, they thought it was a bomb. I was like trying to explain to them I was a magician. And then they just like, you know, you're going to have to do this. And I was like, do you not have the little strips where you could test it? And they were just like, whoa, 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 and they gave me all kinds of crap. And then finally I had them, you know, Google me. And then, it was, and then it was Dance Monkey. Before you go home, and I swear, every single person in TSA and Fiji left their position and like had me do magic. And I swear, people <laughs> were just walking through fucking security. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen. I'm like, are well, you gonna like, get that? I was like, are you gonna? So they get them? almost they arrested you. <laughs>
0: They almost arrested you. They find out you're not someone that they need to be worried about, so then they become occupied with you and let everybody else have through. Yeah,
1: and I'm like, that person just walked through security, and they're like, oh, they'll be okay. And I'm like, you know what? I hope they're okay. I don't want them on my plane.
0: <laughs> you know? Yeah, uh, you know, people complain about RTSA. I, I guess it's like the polar opposite. It's worse in the other direction. <laughs> wow.
1: You know, that is, I mean, they're crazy. Some, there's some real horror stories, though, I mean, about, like, uh, I mean, it, usually airports are really good. I mean, I don't have any problems anywhere in the world, but they just happened to jack me. I don't know why. And I was explaining to them what it was, and, of course, the batteries were dead, and the thing I thought was a bomb. And I was like, and I could see how they could think it was a bomb because, I mean, it had, like, microchips and ink pens <laughs> and all of shit. And they were like, well, <laughs> what, what was it? What exactly is this? It doesn't matter. I mean, it's, it's just, just a problem. <laughs> and, I mean, I'll tell you another funny story. I was actually doing a show, and I had these shoes. This was about probably 10 years ago. And I went straight from the show to the airport because I had to fly to another gig. And when I had my shoes on, they were – the shoes actually had to be custom made for the effect that I was doing so I had to hollow out the – have it professionally custom uh, a shoe. <laughs> and they had to hollow out the sole of the shoe and put a gimmick in there. And they thought I had a shoe bomb. And Is this I after the shoe bomber? Dude, I seriously – I got detained. <laughs> and I missed my flight. And I was, like, trying to explain to them what it was. And, and uh, I don't know. I mean, now it's – I'll give you another example. I went to Canada a couple – I go to Canada, like – I don't know, five, six times a year. And I'm actually heading to Canada at the end of the month for 20 days to do stuff. And I I was in Canada and they're like the worst with customs. And I, it was, it was funny because I mean, they were like, you know, where are you staying? I was like, I don't know yet. And they were like, well, why don't you have a hotel? I was like, because I was going to get one when I got here. And they were (laughs) like, well, why have you been here, here and here? I was like, because I tour a lot, and I mean, they just literally just went on for like two hours, right, and then finally right. I got upset, I finally got upset, and I was like, look, I'm I'm a celebrity mentalist, I was like, I, you know, travel all over the world, and I mean, a lot of times I don't have reservations, I'll just book a hotel wherever I want, you know, in the area I want to go to, and I was like, I just wanted to come to Canada and hang out, and they were like, because I was location scouting for a movie that I'm doing coming up. And they were like, oh, you're a celebrity. They were like, can we verify that on Google? And I was like, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> and then they were like, oh, okay, it's fine. I was like, oh, so now that you find out I'm a celebrity, it's okay to come into the country. But when I wasn't, you were going to hold me for two hours. I was like, that's ridiculous. Wow, that, that's because true. I, I never think, thought about that. Yeah, I think special privilege for stuff like that is ridiculous. You know?
0: Right, even when you get it, it's still you, you can see it from the other perspective
1: absolutely well I mean wow. you look it, you look at it realistically, I mean it shouldn't matter I mean if I'm a celebrity or not, I mean, you should' not have took up two hours of my time when right i mean mm-hmm. I mean, and then that'd be the determining factor and and that was kind of annoying because I mean. You know, don't let me in because of that. Just let me in because I mean, I'm not doing <laughs> anything. You're not doing wrong. anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. that's terrible. <laughs> I mean, man. That is terrible. That's the only thing about traveling that—that's crazy. Is I mean, you run into—I mean—custom sometimes isn't that fun, but I mean, it's—it's it's, it's, overall it's fun. And you know, I've got to go around the world multiple, multiple times, and. I mean, I've seen a lot and done a lot, and, I mean, I've I've led a very blessed life, and I'm very, very fortunate, and, you know, my fans are great, and I love them to death, and without them, I wouldn't be anything, but, I mean, just remember, immigration doesn't like you.
0: (laughs) Noted. Uh, One thing I'll say here is is you recently, uh, oh, not recently, but I noticed that uh, (laughs) Metal <laughs> How did you get into
1: that? I'm sorry you cut out buddy, what'd you say?
0: Uh, you got into metal bending. Uh, how did you get into
1: that? Uh metal bending?
0: Yeah. Uh I was always a big
1: fan of uh Uri Geller. Uh-huh. And I used to follow his career, you know, a lot. And what was funny was I remember as a little kid probably Ten, twelve years old, I would like sit there and just rub spoons and stuff and try to get them to bend. And I mean, it, it was it was kind of cute. But I mean, I, I ended up uh, creating a routine that become world famous in the magic community called liquid metal, and I it kind of became my signature piece. And among my peers, I'm considered one of the Actually, Uri Geller, the guy that I looked up to, that kind of Really popularized and made metal bending what it is today. Said that I was the best in the yeah. world at it. Yeah, so you got
0: like an autographed spoon from him recently, didn't you know, bent up like a pretzel. What's that? I think you got a, a spoon from him, autographed just recently. Yeah,
1: up, yeah. Like he, been a, he actually sent me a bent spoon sign, which is awesome. It's in my collection.
0: That's awesome. You can see that picture on, on Twitter. Uh, I'll tell you this: um, when I go to morganshrubler dot com, which is what's okay. great about your website is you can see previews of all the videos you made, and you do you kind of highlight each video, each DVD, the different things that you can do, and that that's something I recommend everybody goes and looks at because it's a very cool preview uh, of what you do. Oh, thank you,
1: thank you. And I oh, also it ha- I also have uh, I don't know if you've seen it, but I put some of my a couple of cl- clips from a. Uh, uh, magic series that I produced, wrote, and directed at aired in Dubai. It was a hidden camera show, and it had, like, the pizza delivery. I don't know if you've the seen that. Delivery. Bleeding eyes. Yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask you about that because also you, you also uh, display your sense of humor and, and your pranks, um, the bleeding eye thing. Have you ever done that in public? It had to explain yeah, I do my had one one whether or not needed You
1: know what was funny? I was in a, I was, I was I actually in a situation one time. There was this real... And he was acting really completely ignorant in uh, this gas station that I was at. And I was set up to do lights and stuff. And I was performing for the cashier because I go in there all the time. And he, like, threw a fit and was running around cussing and was going to beat me up and all this. <laughs> and, like, I got up in his face and... I was like, "You're fucking with the wrong dude," and my eyes went from like my normal color to red visually, and then I started bleeding from my eyes. And he starts crying,
0: and he was like,
1: "I'm so sorry, bro. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry." <laughs> it was fucking hilarious because I mean, I'm sitting you think there he from with aneurysms. <laughs> huh? Why Why does he apologize? He thinks think that
0: you have an aneurysm because of him, or he just feels no? Bad? No,
1: he he was he was apologizing because my eyes literally changed from blue to red. Right.
0: So <laughs> I scared. guess he thought I was like yeah. a
1: demon or something. I mean, yeah. he was freaked out. And then I started bleeding from my eyes and palms, and the dude just freaked. He was like, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
0: Big <laughs> Did you ever do that? And someone calls 911, you have to explain why, you know, why they're not needed?
1: You know what's funny is is in the bleeding eye video that was in the TV show that I did in the bar I fell on the floor and you couldn't really see it that well because of the way the hidden cameras were per, like. Uh, at, I actually was convulsing and foaming uh, out of the mouth when I fell and <laughs> she called 911 and when she found out it was a prank she was furious. wow
0: well, you still
1: got her to sign a release well yeah I got her to sign her, her boss set her up And, like, the first, that's that's the second cut of the pizza delivery. The first one, he would not sign a release. I made him cry. He was so scared that, like, it it was an Asian guy. We ordered Chinese food. And I was trying to get him to load the body parts in the trash bag for him. (laughs) And he was like, no, food's free. It's free. And I was like, here, don't forget your tip. And I grabbed like this huge knife and he starts screaming and crying and he takes off running out the door and he backs into the generator so we're down for four hours until the power comes back up wow and we literally had a pa outside that had to jump on his car to tell him that it was a TV show, and like he wasn't sign the releases or anything. But I mean, he didn't want to be on the show. But I mean, it was priceless. I, I wish I could have put that it version was... in the show.
0: So yeah, I think in the what you have in the clip, you, you never actually see his reaction, do you? Just he sort of stumbled out the door. You don't see his face really. Well, that was the pizza guy. That was the second guy. He
1: just ran. Oh, out that's a different and, like...
0: one. Okay.
1: Oh wow. No, no, the first one. The first one was. Uh, an Asian guy, we ordered uh, uh, Chinese food, and I made him okay. literally start crying. And when he ran out, he was screaming and crying, and he was so shaken up that when he backed out, he backed into the generator at the house, my, my house. And,
0: it
1: out. <laughs> and knocked out all the power. So we had to cut the the shot for like four hours, so we went and shot the... Uh, the the bleeding eyes the same night then we come back and and call it a pizza delivery person and we got to take on that one but i mean the first guy was amazing and i mean the second guy was funny but he wasn't amazing i mean he wasn't crying he was just freaked out right. i mean he took off running
0: right and that just goes in ties into how you you're actually also an actor you act sometimes you do some things you're you're doing some producing also i believe
1: yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm starting a movie called Killer Issues coming up uh, later this year. I'm an assassin, mm-hmm. and I've got the lead role in it, and I'm also uh, producing and directing, uh, co-directing uh, Batman v Superman fan film, which we've got a lot of big name talent attached to it, so it's going to be an amazing project. And I actually did quite a bit of acting when I was younger and I've, you know, done some stuff over the years as an adult, but I'm getting more into the acting side of things as well. Is that
0: where you're heading? Do you want to do you want to come out of magic or uh, mentalism into acting, or do you want to never?
1: You're never going to leave that mentalism side. Or? Well, I'll, I mean, mentalism will always be a part of who I am. I mean, magic and mentalism will always be a part of who I am. But I want to focus more on going into the acting and doing more of that, and maybe even some behind-the-scenes stuff like producing and directing different things. Uh, I'm going to be on Z Nation this season as well. You are. I don't know if you're. For- yeah, yeah, I'm I'm going to be on Z Nation uh season three.
0: No, Morgan and everybody listening, I know what Z Nation is because Morgan Struggler said watch oh. Z Nation <laughs> Is is that why they put you on the show? Because you've been a big advocate of theirs or you had to go to an audition or
1: You know what's funny was is I was like a big cheerleader for their show and I
0: mm-hmm. become
1: friends with the cast and I become friends with the owners of the show. And they said, I, you know, they'd like to have me on this season. And I was like, yeah, I'd love to come out. So I, uh-huh. I'm, I'm going to be on there. And I'm just figuring out when I'm going to have time to fly out
0: and do it. But
1: it's going to be really neat. I'm excited about it. Can you say
0: what your character will be? I think it's pretty under wraps probably.
1: Yeah, it's under wraps at the moment because I don't exactly know.
0: Um, <laughs> okay.
1: Uh, uh, there's several different things being thrown around right now, though, so we'll see. Uh,
0: I can't wait for season three of this show.
1: Oh, it's going to be amazing. I mean, the cast is amazing. They've got a
0: good thing going on. I
1: really like mm-hmm. the chemistry. And uh, what makes it for me so amazing of a show is, I mean, the comedic factor in it. Because yes, I mean, I think if you were truly living in a zombie, apocalyptic world, you would have to have that kind of sense of humor just to you know stay sane so I mean I think it's a kind of a really even though it's not what we're used to for a zombie show I think it's a very realistic approach you know to keep your sanity of how it would be in the real world you'd have to have somewhat of a sense of humor I think to actually make it through that
0: yeah I can tell you that when you told me I think we even had a back and forth about it you told me watch The Nation check it out it's awesome and I was like, I don't know. I'm getting tired of the zombie thing. And it was before well, Walking so Dead so different.
1: Came out. That's why I like it.
0: But that's exactly right. Before Walking Dead came out, I said, I'm tired of zombie stuff. I'm not watching it. And then I realized Walking Dead is a study in women's nature. And then Z Nation, I became aware of from you. And I'm like, I don't know. Another zombie show. I already got Walking Dead. But what I keep finding is reasons to watch these shows because they're making them original. Z Nation is an incredibly original show. It's not The Walking Dead at all it's just a lot of fun to watch. If it's fun to watch... Well, see, I
1: agree. I agree completely. And I like the fact that they didn't try to go after what The Walking Dead was doing. It's a completely, completely different storyline and completely different deal. And I think that's why the show is going to be so successful in in the future seasons. Uh, You know, because I think, you know, a lot of people, you know, they watch The Walking Dead and that's it. And, you know... And they probably think that a lot of these shows are just kind of like a, a rehash of The Walking Dead, but when they give it a chance they see that wow, it's so much more, you know, original than I thought it was.
0: Well, is that the first time you announced you're gonna be on D Nation?
1: Uh, I I think I mentioned it somewhere else. I haven't talked about it too much because I uh um I wasn't supposed to but I mean, they're already about to start <laughs> filming, so I don't figure it matters. I, I mean, I'm not going to talk about the
0: role we had talked about, but, yeah, I mean... Right. Yeah. Well, folks, you heard me here second-ish. Um,
1: <laughs> and then I'm I'm also doing... uh I'm doing... I'm doing... I've got two feature films in L.A. that I'm doing. Uh, the other one that I can't talk about. And then the... Uh, uh, Killer Issues, which has been announced. I'm got the lead role in that, and then I will be, like I said, uh, producing, executive producer, and co-director on the Batman versus, oh, not Batman versus, uh, Superman versus Doomsday.
0: Wow! Uh, oh, wow! I, I'm looking forward to these projects. Really, I've been looking into them, and if it wasn't for seeing that you're going to be in them. And some of the people, like uh, um, uh, Scott Brown, I believe, from Christian Depends, uh, told me about it. I would have never looked at it, and now I'm so glad I know of it. I'm looking forward to these projects a lot. Yeah, Scott Brown is uh, amazing. Killer He's
1: an amazing, amazing writer, and I mean, he, he sold so many screenplays, and like, he, he did it under an alias for years, but I mean, he's one of the most talented writers that I've met and I mean, we have a really really good relationship and a great working relationship and I mean, he'll I mean, we became really really good friends in the process and we have a lot of projects together that I can't talk about but I mean, right. he he's he's super super talented. I'm very fortunate to be working with him. Oh, yeah.
0: I, I my my brief interactions with him, he's he's really really one of the one of the good guys in the uh in the entertainment industry. <laughs> Um, what else did I want to say? I want to say you guys, uh, you just recently, uh, in the past year, this is how I came to know you, uh, you became affiliated with Dead X Radio.
1: That's correct, that yeah. You know that? I, I was actually, I started off as a guest on Dead X Radio, and they had me on as a guest, and then we had such a good Chemistry. We got to talking about it, and uh, I become a co-host of the show. I actually just got back from Florida, hanging out with all the DeadX guys, and I mean, it was really, really cool getting to hang out with them in person yeah. and really, really cement that brotherhood that we all have. I mean, we were, you know, had a really strong brotherhood before I went, but it really just cemented it and made it real. And me getting that chance to be in the studio really solidified, I think, my spot as a co-host to the fans as well, you know, versus me calling in. Well, I
0: made no secret of, of my fandom of Dead X Radio, and they're all become friends of mine. And I've been I've been watching every second of it, and I've loved seeing you with the group. You fit right in. It's a perfect, oh, I appreciate that, around. man. I appreciate that.
1: You know, I mean, and I'm glad you feel that way because, you know, being you know a fan of uh, Dead X Radio, I'm, I'm glad the fans really have accepted me. Because, you know, a lot of times in shows like that, people don't like change. And the fans have been giving me such an overwhelming response. And, you know, they've been very, very supportive about me joining Dead X Radio. And, you know, Jeff and Chance and Pat and John, I mean, you know, I love them to death. They're like brothers to me. And, I mean, they're so good to me. And, And we get along so great. And the one thing that we all, you know, talk about a lot on the show, but as well as in person, is... I mean, it's just synchronicity. I mean, yep. we are all really, really good together, and I mean, we just feed off each other. And I mean, I, I mean, the show has a lot of big things going for it that I can't really talk about, but we have a lot of stuff in the works. I mean, it's going to be a huge, huge air for NetX Radio. Oh, I, I'm looking forward to it. I've been watching
0: them since you know, before you came around, it's almost the beginning, and I. If I can say so, I feel proud of what they've accomplished. And it's funny because I talk to my friends about how my podcast hasn't quite become what it'll be. I have a longer road, I have less connections. But these guys are are blowing up huge right now, and they're not what they're going to be yet, which is astounding to me. So I really, I really, uh, I'm glad that you're part of that, and I look forward to seeing what you guys come up with. But there are some things you can talk about, aren't there? you got some projects well, in the works that you've, you've announced
1: already, uh, like the the You're Going to Die? Oh, are you talking about my Between Life and Death stuff? Between Life
0: and
1: Death, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's for a TV series that I've got coming out uh, called Between the Lines, and uh, the guys from Dead X Radio are going to be in it. And uh, the show itself is a really, really cool concept. On, uh, it's never... There's never been a magic show that's ever been like this before. But to kick off the show, I'm going to die in Times Square. I'm going to have a doctor hook me up to uh, all the machines and everything uh, where you can see all my vitals. And then I'm going to have him defibrillate and stop my heart. And I'm going to turn cold and blue and uh, have no pulse in my carotid artery or my, you know, wrists or anything. And I'm, I'm going to have people come up and examine my cold, dead, lifeless body, and then I'm going to have the doctor actually defibrillate me to bring me back to life. Right. And you're going to select um, 20
0: – are you still doing the thing with the 20 friends of so the zx Radio show, the 20 friends Show? Uh, show?
1: Doing the what?
0: Well, you said
1: you're going to have some seats uh, reserved for Dead X Radio friends and fans. I am. I am. I am going to have, uh, fans, uh, for the thoughts of the show, I'm actually going to have uh, space reserved up front for all the Dead X Radio uh, fans. And they'll they'll all be able to come up and examine me and everything. And they'll be right
0: there at the front
1: get to see you know, everything from a VIP section.
0: That is awesome. And that's one of the things we were talking about. That i was talking about at the beginning, one of my personal interactions is, you've raised my mind, and I don't know what you did. Uh, but I was talking to a mutual friend of the show, uh, of the Dead X Radio and TGS uh, here, uh, Noel, and we were in a private chat. And I said, I'm really nervous. I don't know if I'm going to be able to afford it. I'm embarrassed to say And then I'm embarrassed to say it. But I really want to be there. And I said, let me try something. And I sent you a message. And, and this, I, I imagine, this is something you can do just off the top of your head any time. But you answered almost immediately, really close to what I said to her. And
1: I, was like, I was like, those guys,
0: listen. you know? That's
1: funny. And if I don't get back to you, I get I get tons and tons and tons of direct messages. So I mean, it's really hard for me to keep up. And I'm not, I don't, I mean, sometimes I'm on social media a lot, and sometimes I don't get a chance to be on there as much as I like. Like, right now I'm working on a USO tour as well. I'm uh, trying to get that worked out so I can go overseas and perform for the troops. And then I head to Canada, and then after that I'm supposed to go to Seattle uh, to shoot Z Nation, and then I've got to go to L.A. to shoot Killer Issues and another movie.
0: Oh, dude, you're busy, man. <laughs> wow, are you busy?
1: Well, that and oh, we what? have tons tons of live events coming up with DeadX Radio. So yeah. I'm going to be flying in and out for the DeadX Radio events.
0: Wow, that's, that's so much to look forward to. And I hope you don't spread yourself too thin, Morgan, and keep yourself healthy and, and in good shape for that. Um, what, what I wanted to say real quick, you also had a day named after you, you're not, in your town.
1: I did, I did. That was one of the most humbling experiences of my life and probably the most flattering. I mean, that means more to me than any award that I've ever got, you know, being noticed by the community that I grew up in. And they literally, like, I don't know, I mean, I I just, I mean, they humbled me so much. The mayor of my hometown declared a proclamation uh, March 7th, deeming it Morgan Stribler Day. Morgan Stribler Day yeah and next year we're gonna have like a big parade and stuff like that, so we're gonna have a Stribbler day parade next year and I'm bringing in uh a bunch of magicians, friends of mine, and some comedians and other variety acts and we're gonna put on a big show in an arena to raise money for charity
0: Wow that's awesome you're you're very big in the charity too and i'm just gonna, i'm gonna say this right now about you is. Through this conversation alone and then your charity work and everything, I have so much respect for you because you do things on a level um, that not every celebrity will. We touched on that earlier, how not every celebrity is is the nicest celebrity or the most down-the-earth celebrity. And there's a lot who are happy to get that preferential treatment. And, and I just really admire uh, how you handle yourself, Morgan.
1: Well, I really appreciate that a lot, man. I really try to, like – I mean, I, I literally – um, I don't have anybody handle any of my social media, and I literally try to respond to every single person that, that messages me, writes me, emails me, sends me mail, uh, whether the postal service or email. And, I mean, like I, I do do a lot of charity work, and, and the thing is is there's so many people that are, you know, unfortunate situations that – I mean, and, you know, they just need help. And, and the thing is, is, is I have a skill and a talent that can help raise money for, you know, their cause. And, you know, well, it's um, almost, it's almost you know, I mean, it's almost like I owe it to, you know, I mean, God bless me with this talent. And right. I, I feel that I need to, you know, give back as much as I can because without, you know, my, I don't like to call them fans. I like to call them friends because I really, I mean, I mean, I get noticed a lot when I'm out and stuff like that, but I mean, I like to play with my, my people that know me. I mean, I don't, I'm not real big on the word fans. I, I like to call everybody friends. And, and, and if you talk to me for any yes. period of the time, I, I mean, I do talk to people on a regular basis and, and, and stuff like that. I mean, Depending on how busy my workload is, uh, you know I'm on social media quite a bit. But I mean, it's just you know I, I think that you should give back, and and I, I don't really have an ego in the sense of oh I'm you know better than this guy or this magician or you know I've done this or that. I mean because I, I realize that without your fans and without the people who support you and you know, listen to you or, you know, even, you know, come to your shows. I mean, you wouldn't be anything. So, I mean, and you've got to give back. And that's my big thing. I want to give back as much as I can help with charity. And I'm actually going to start a foundation this year for mental illness to help bring awareness to mental illness.
0: That's great. That's it's the best stuff ever, man. I love it. I love it. I want to say this also. Um, is it hard for you to be away from your family? Because I read somewhere that you have stated and been on the record of saying your family is the most, most, most important thing to you. Uh,
1: that is correct. Um, you know, God first and then my family, obviously. But, I mean, my family is 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 precious to me. And, I mean, I honestly, there's an I don't have enough love in my body to give to them. And it gets yeah. very, very hard being on the road. I mean, sometimes I'm gone eight months out of the year, so I mean, it's it's really, really hard at times, and it's very taxing. I mean, I've already been gone every month of this year, so and well, uh, even busy. Of, yeah, yeah, I've been gone every month this year, so I mean, and I've been gone a total of probably about a month and a half, close to two months. But every month I've been gone doing something, and I mean, it's. I mean, it's hard, and it's hard for the long spurts. Like, sometimes I'll be gone, you know, six months at a time or something like that if I'm, you know, doing a show or something. But uh, in 2017, I'm supposed to open in Macaw. Uh, I got a lifetime deal there. Uh, My mentor opened up a house of magic, and I'm supposed to open up there and perform there four months a year, and it's a lifetime deal, so I'm excited about that, and, you know, but, again, it's on the road, and, I mean, it does make it hard, especially when you're in places with bad internet or something, and you can't FaceTime, or you can't Skype, or,
0: you know, anything like
1: that, and it makes it really rough, and if, depending on the time schedules, you know, I have to stay up super late or super early, you know, to, to talk to my family and stuff, and, you know, that's really the hardest part about this job is being on the road and being away from my family.
0: Yeah, that's what I respect about you most. There's so much, and it's all come out today, so much to respect about one Morgan struggler, but the thing I respect most about you as a family man myself is that you value your family so highly. So so kudos to you on that. Um, is there anything you want to put out there or anything you want to, uh, to say before we wrap this up a little bit?
1: Um, you know, I, I'd like to thank you for having me on the show. I think, you know, for your first live interview, I mean, you nailed it, man. You did a really good job. And I had a hell of a time on the show, man. It was really, well, really was fun, it? and I had a great time. Uh, do you mind if I plug my website?
0: Absolutely.
1: Please do. Uh, my website is com, and my Twitter is at Morgan And... Uh, you can also find out information about me on www.dexradio.com. Awesome. Now, I do
0: one thing with all my guests before I go. Every single guest, um, I do what's called 10 Questions Think Fast. It's just nonsense. I just ask the question. You answer them. If you're uncomfortable, just say fast. Okay. You willing to do this with me? Okay. Yes. Yeah, so good. number one, number one, think fast, true or false, zombie apocalypses will eventually happen. True.
1: True
0: or false. True. <laughs> Alright. Number two. Uh do you like good old
1: fashioned hamburgers
0: or chicken? Uh hamburgers.
1: Number three, think fast top five magicians by Morgan Stravler. Morgan Traveler, Morgan Traveler, Morgan Traveler, Morgan Trevor, <laughs> Morgan Stravler.
0: <Morgan> <laughs> no eagle. <laughs> number four, think fast. No, no, in all in
1: all seriousness. In all seriousness. Uh in all seriousness. Uh David Copperfield Jay Sankey, Cyril Takanama, uh Peter Turner, uh Darren Brown, and uh, uh Morgan Trebler. No, I'm just kidding, I don't know. <laughs> I like
0: it. Great <laughs> <laughs> right, look. Uh, number four uh,
1: what
0: favorite was, uh, ice cream.
1: What was it? Favorite ice cream. uh, uh pistachio almond.
0: All right, Think Fast number five, most alluring DXR co-host. I, I couldn't hear you. Most alluring VX radio co-host. Uh, Patrick
1: X in his underwear. <laughs> uh,
0: number six, 6 Fast. Your favorite medium: Twitter, Facebook, or some other social media.
1: Twitter. Medium. Twitter, I
0: love it. Number seven. Can you make a car appear for me?
1: <laughs> I could but it will be $18,000 market price.
0: <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Number eight, finish the sentence. I just wish. What did you say? I just wish. And I you had finish a the You have lots of friends working <laughs> work. <laughs> Number nine, you decide. We all love The Nation. We all love Walking Dead, but can we stop with the zombie shows already?
1: Stop with them?
0: Yeah. Like, we can keep those two shows, but stop making new ones. I agree. Excellent. All right. And number ten, you kind of you kind of touched on this earlier. What do you think of that come get some host?
1: Come get some what?
0: The come get some host. Nobody understands that question the first time I
1: said it. The host? I need to enunciate. Yep. Uh, I think he's kind of flaky, but he's a hell of a guy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs>
0: Awesome. Morgan, I am so grateful, and I can't say you enough for being my first live guest. You also have made it easy to do, and, and I can't imagine uh, this going any other way. Thank you so much for giving me your time.
1: Hey, and thanks, little- brother, for having me on. Uh, come back anytime, man. Just give me a holler. Uh, thank
0: you, man. You, you take care, and we'll touch base.
1: Hey, take care, buddy. Have a good one. All
0: right. All right, Bye. I'm getting down to the sum of this, the sum of that, the sum of everything. Come, come, yeah.